Welcome to the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast, where I share stories of the babies I've treated, tips for professionals and parents, and demystify this amazing healing modality. I'm Megan Beams, your baby bodywork mentor. I'm obsessed with all things birth, babies, healing, and plain old being a human. Join me while I sink deep into craniosacral therapy. Also, hit subscribe so you never miss a thing. Now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast. I am your host, Megan Beams, and today is our third episode of our mini-series, the Learning Roadmap with Beam CST Training Center. Thank you for following along. I know that sometimes these can get a little information heavy, but I really am enjoying sharing all of these details about what these courses have to offer because I know you just have tons of questions. So I'm really hoping that I am touching on as many questions as possible and that you're really understanding what's happening and what you're going to learn in these courses and really essentially what you're going to be able to do after you finish these courses. How this is going to change not only your life, but the lives of the babies you're treating. And really that's what this is all about. All of these craniosacral therapy courses that you would be potentially taking are designed to help you change lives. They're designed to help you improve the lives of the people in your community. They can even improve the lives of your own family and friends and even yourself, really, (laughs) truly. And we're just trying to make the world a better place. I know that with craniosacral therapy, I bring in people who are empathetic, who have a desire to just help people. Am I right? I think I'm right. And I give you the tools to actually do that with this craniosacral therapy. So let's get into the next level of training with Beam CST. So this episode is all about infant craniosacral level two. That is our very first in-person course with Beam CST. And this is where you learn how to do cranial releases for the babies that you're going to see in your practice. So in this episode, I'm going to tell you about what you'll learn in the course, why this is beneficial for your career, and then how I bring this information to you, how it is taught to you and presented, and how you will learn it, and then what's up after you finish this course. So let's get right into it. What are you going to learn in infant craniosacral level two? You are going to learn about fetal development, and that is not only about how the baby was positioned in utero, but how the baby actually developed, their structure developed in utero as a correlation to their position in utero. And this is going to have a direct effect on their body and their development, and it can also be a common predictor of how their birth will turn out. So the baby's position in utero is going to have a direct link to their birth. So in here, you're going to also learn about birth physiology. So what's normal in birth and who's actively participating in this amazing event. There are usually two, sometimes more, if there are multiple babies present in this birthing process. But in this process, we've got the person who is actually giving birth and then the baby who is trying to get born. And they are both active participants in the birthing process. So in this course, I'm going to show you 
what happens or what the baby goes through in the event of being born. I think this is a topic that's really not touched on enough or explored enough. And in fact, a lot of people don't even think about the baby in the birthing process. Like, what about what the baby's feeling? We know that what's happening with this person who's giving birth is traumatic. It is an experience they've never been through before, to say the least. It's something that is transformative. But what about this baby? You know, we got to think about what's going on before, during, and after the birthing process for this baby, because it's going to play out in their daily lives afterwards. So we know the physiology of birth, but what about the pathology of birth? What is considered normal, but maybe not optimal for the people involved? That is still pathology of birth or another kind of normal. Let's say they were in breech position or they were sunny side up. Okay. These are not optimal, but they are a form of normal. But then when it actually comes into pathology of birth, meaning what's not good, how does this affect the baby and their body? And then how does it manifest after birth? Because it's going to show up as symptoms for that baby. So if we're going to get into the birth, we also have to dig deep into presentations for a baby, meaning their head presentation in utero when they're trying to come through the birth canal or what positions they were in in utero developing. So even if they were in breech position for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, that's going to have an effect. And that might have been mid-pregnancy, but not when they were being born. That I would still consider a baby who is in breech position. So then we'll also talk about what happens when a baby is born in an optimal position. And then what happens when a baby is born in a suboptimal position. Because like I said earlier, suboptimal or a pathology or a non-optimal form of normal is going to manifest within the baby's body and present as symptoms. So when a baby is born in a a suboptimal position, it's going to manifest as symptoms very likely. So we're going to also get into doing some detective work in the birth story so that we know what that position is of that particular baby and how they were born, because then we can do a little diagnostic work, not actual diagnosis, but a little bit of diagnostic work to know which bones of the cranium were affected in labor. And I'll get a little deeper into that later on in the episode, because now I'd like to talk about obstetric intervention. So we're talking about the birth process itself. We're going to really dive deep into interventions, things that can go wrong when in labor, and again, how that's going to present in a baby's body. So what are the common outcomes of interventions? We're going to see that as a presentation of a symptom within a baby's body, and we're going to see it time and time again. Those interventions will present very commonly as the same symptom in a baby. So it's usually a sign of tightness or tension within a baby's body in a specific area. So we know which areas we can release when we know the birth story, especially when it comes to obstetric interventions like the use of forceps or vacuum or C-section, or augmentation. So using pitocin, or a stretch and sweep, or artificial rupture of membranes, this is going to have an effect on the baby. And that's where the detective work comes in. I really love this part. This part is really what gets me going. 
especially in a session, I try not to get really worked up or show too much emotion. It's really important to stay neutral while someone is telling their birth story. This is their life. And I don't know what my reaction is going to do for this person's psyche. And like I've said in many podcast episodes before, I don't want to be the reason why someone after the appointment with me then goes and does rabbit hole digging. They go on to the Google and they go down this rabbit hole. And I don't want to be the reason they do that. (laughs) I want them to feel good about their experience or feel like they've had a chance to get some information off their chest. That is my goal when I'm listening to a birth story. Next up in this course, what we're going to be going over is anatomy, specifically cranial anatomy. So I want you to get to know the structures within the cranium. You're going to need to know these because you'll be working with them with each baby that you're going to see in your practice. Hopefully, (laughs) maybe not all babies, especially if they've had trauma to the cranium, you, you want to avoid that area. But for the majority of the babies that you're seeing, you're going to want to do cranial releases. So the cranial anatomy you're going to need to know is structures of the brain, the meninges, the cerebral spinal fluid within the craniosacral system, and then the bones that surround all of those structures. So there's going to be a lot of anatomy lingo, and that's why this section is in the pre-recorded videos so that you can go back and reference it and watch it a few times so that the information really does stick in your brain. Because then we move on to cranial nerves. And again, this is in the pre-recorded videos. And I do understand that this information is dense. (laughs) There is a lot to know. But we need to know that as a human, our bodies don't work unless our nerves are sending and receiving the correct messages to and from the brain. And knowing where these cranial nerves run through, which bones they pass through, and then what their functions are, We know these things, we can assess the baby and assess which cranial nerves are functional or dysfunctional, or we can assess the bones to see which ones might be out of place, and then we can correctly release them. So that brings me to the next thing that we go over, and that's cranial bone overlapping. So with that head presentation in birth, it makes bones of the cranium overlap each other. This is so that the the cranium can actually fit through the birth canal. So the birth canal is actually smaller than the human cranium. But as humans, we need to have the brain size that we have. And so in order to be born, we also have to have bones that will overlap and conform to the canal in order to be born. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to be as smart as we are now. So isn't nature a funny thing? I just love nature. Evolution, so wonderful. But these bones will then overlap and then not unoverlap. That's a technical term, unoverlapping. <laughs> I know it's not, but when they become overlapped and then they don't go back to an optimal position, then they stay overlapped or overriding. And this causes nerve impingement. I was talking about that before. And so this shows up as dysfunction which causes latching issues, digestion issues, sleep, breathing issues, so much more. So that's why we need to understand these cranial bone overlapping so that we can then release it. So that's what we learn next. Now that you know what to look for in a baby, which bones are overlapping, which nerves are not functioning correctly, you need to know what to do about it. And that's cranial bone releases. 
Once you release these cranial bones, you open up nerve pathways and then you allow more functioning of the muscles. And that decreases the symptoms that this baby is experiencing. And you're going to allow more optimal functioning of the muscles. That's essentially what this is. Releasing tension, improving function. So why should you learn craniosacral therapy all the way up to this level? All the way up to the level two in-person course. Why is that important? Well, what you're seeing in your practice now or in what you're doing now is a baby that's struggling, but you don't know what to do about it. Well, this information is going to give you the knowledge and the skills to actually make a difference for them. And I know that's what you really want to do. You really want to help these babies. You see these families having a really hard time. And it's at this level that you'll actually be able to make the most amount of difference. So you're going to release tension. You're going to be able to open up that mouth that is clamped down or weak. And you're going to improve latch, function, sleep, digestion, and you're going to change lives. And what you're going to do is also be able to know more about what's happening with that baby. And this is going to take a lot of pressure off these parents who think it is them who are the problem. They think they're doing all the wrong things that is creating all of these issues for the baby, wherein it's actually the baby. Something within that baby is not quite right. You are going to be able to find it, help it, and then change what's going on. You're going to change the trajectory of this baby and family's life. What better way to actually serve this dyad? You know what I'm saying? And with all of this know-how, people are going to see that you are making a a real change for babies. They're going to talk. And you are going to be seen as the expert in your field, in your community. And when you up-level your skills and your knowledge, you're going to be the one people want to go to. You're going to be able to collaborate with other health professionals in your community. Maybe you can start a clinic. Maybe you can start your own business. (laughs) And then you're going to make more money because the more you know, the more you can make. I'm going to say this in every single episode. We charge based on our knowledge, not based on the time we spend in a session with people. Let that one sink in because you're going to give these people lasting results, not just a band-aid approach. We're not just going to put some medication on top of symptoms. We are going to treat the root cause of these symptoms. We are not going to let these people wait and see or grow out of it because the truth is these babies are going to grow into it. And the treatments you do today, they have the potential to have a positive effect on this person for 15 or 30 years in the future, right? It's not just the next couple of weeks that you're going to improve. You could be improving their lives forever. And this, like I said, changes lives for the better. You're going to help parents and allow them to have a chance to love having a newborn instead of just surviving this time. You're going to change the way a parent might feel towards their baby or themselves. Maybe they are struggling with parenthood and they want to take it back. Maybe they're super depressed. Maybe all of their dreams and hopes and what they thought being a parent to a newborn was going to be like has been taken away from them. Maybe you can give it back. Maybe you could be that person for them. And when you are that person for them, you can feel fulfilled. 
when you're actually making a real difference in the world, spreading love and healing, how is that not fulfilling? And then you're going to be able to follow your dreams. I know you're trying to figure out how to fit this training into your life. I know. And so I want you to just really figure out what it is that's stopping you. What's holding you back from being able to do all of these amazing things? I know money is a big one, but what if I told you you can make more money after and money will not be as much of an issue after? I know health gets in the way, personal health, personal struggles, family struggles, family commitments. I understand all of that. But what if you could make a plan a year from now or two years from now and then work towards that? See if that's something that resonates or work into your life. Maybe it's not a today thing and that's okay. I remember when I was trying to figure out how it was going to fit into my life, it took me two years before I could finally take the course. And I am so glad I did. And I'm fine with the fact that I had to plan it. And I said, okay, in two years or next year, I'll be able to do it. But I did it. I stuck with it. And I worked my life around that plan. Okay, I'm digressing again. Just talking about myself here. Anyway, how is this information taught to you? This level two, Infant Craniosacral level two course is an in-person course. Like I said, it is five days in person in Toronto. Sometimes we do have host cities. So someone who wants to be a host in their city, we are absolutely open to traveling to a host city. There is a list of requirements for the location and all of that. So if you send us an email, we can give you some information on that. The class days run from 9.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. with a one-hour lunch and a couple of different breaks here and there. So the mornings are for theory and a little bit of practice. And then the afternoons are all practice. That's where you'll be working on your classmates to learn the release techniques. And then four out of the five days, you will have the chance to actually treat babies hands-on. You're going to be able to get a feeling of what doing these cranial releases is like on babies in real life, in a classroom setting. And then we talk about it after. We discuss what it is we did so that we can learn from the other groups of practitioners who were treating babies in the same class as us. And this is where you can also really work on your birth story interview, getting to know that detective work, getting to know where in the body you can treat, knowing some of the events in the birth process, really getting used to that. And then you're going to be in a room filled with other health professionals doing the same work, learning the same curriculum, but maybe they're going to go home and do the same work in a different city or even a different country. So you can get inspired and ideas on how you can build your business or how you're going to practice when you go home. This is information that maybe you are not able to get anywhere else, but in this class, I want you to be able to integrate this into your practice when you go home. And this is a lot of what people stress about is like, how am I going to do this when I go home? So on the Friday afternoon, we brainstorm ideas for each other so that when you go home, you can hit the ground running and you can really integrate craniosacral therapy into your career, into your practice. That's what I want for you. So in closing, let's go through what it is that you will be learning. You're going to learn how birth affects the baby's body and how that shows up as symptoms. You're going to know which symptoms mean which when it comes to cranial nerves. The cranial releases you need to know in order to help these cranial nerves to function properly. You'll be able to treat more latching issues 
because you're going to be releasing the cranium. And this is not only going to improve the life for the baby now, but for their whole life. And so what's next? What's after infant CST level two? Well, you could imagine it is level three. And that is more advanced assessment of the face and cranial nerve functioning to the tongue and the face and the swallowing. And once you've put these skills that you're learning in level two into practice, you're going to notice that you still have questions like, why aren't I seeing results in this baby? You know, it worked for the last one I did. I did the same thing in the last one and it didn't work. What is truly going on with this tongue? Why am I still hearing clicking after feeding when I've done all the cranial releases that I know of? And then how do I really change the head shape for the best results? Because truly, that's what it's about. So thank you so much for today, for joining me all the way to the end of this episode. I hope you have a wonderful day. And I'll see you in the next episode of this mini series. And that will be Infant CST Level 3. Have a great day. Hey, before you go, my Craniosacral Foundation's virtual only course is open for enrollment. That's right. You can learn craniosacral from your very own home. Whether you're a health professional working in the perinatal world, a manual therapist looking to expand your current practice to include craniosacral, or helping babies and families is your passion, there's something in this course for you. You can significantly change the lives of the people in your community. And when you register, you'll have immediate access to the course materials so you can get learning right away with three three-hour live virtual classes to help guide you through the curriculum and an online community of fellow classmates and alumni, this program is here to support you every step of the way. Registration closes soon, so follow the link in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you in class.